No Stupid Questions. The feature where Tracy asks the questions so you don't have to. Contrarily to what its name may suggest, the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg is one of the smallest countries in the European Union. That wasn't always the case. Indeed, over a period of 250 years and three partitions, Luxembourg gradually but surely went from a surface of 10,700 square kilometers to the current size of 2,586 square kilometers. On this episode of No Stupid Question, we will glance into Luxembourg's past with the Musée Dreieichelen's curator Simon Feiss and answer the question, why is the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg so small? It wasn't always like this, Simon Feiss explains. Our borders as we know them now have existed since 1831, respectively 1839. Before this, we were a part of different reigns, let's put it that way. In the Middle Ages, we were a province of the Netherlands. First the Spanish Netherlands, then the Austrian Netherlands. And through several conflicts with France, for instance, we gradually lost parts of our territory. In 1659, following the Treaty of the Pyrenees that put a stop to a war between France and Spain, Luxembourg lost some of its southern territories to France. Like the region surrounding Thionville, for instance. Then, in 1815, during the Congress of Vienna, Europe redesigned the borders of various states, freeing Luxembourg from French rule. That is also when Luxembourg was named a Grand Duchy, in personal union with the Netherlands. At that time, the country lost another 24% of its surface, eastern territories like Saint-Vit, to Prussia. More than 20 years later, the London Contract of 1831 was prepared and though it was against the will of the Dutch king William I, was finalized in 1839. As Weiss explains, this is when the west of the Grand Duchy went to Belgium. To this day, this former area of the Grand Duchy is known as the province of Luxembourg, and it hosts cities like Arlon. In 1843, the Convention des Limites, a protocol that was part of the London contract, defined where the country's borders would be, and to this day, 296 stone landmarks, known as Gothen, can be found around the country. <laughs> That's when our country became what we know today. You can find these Gossen, landmarks on the border between Holland and Belgium, and also Belgium and Luxembourg. They are about two metres high and were made by a company in Liège. They were planted deep into the ground, but now some of them are barely visible, and others bear the marks of the Second World War, where they have bullet impacts in them. So Luxembourg, over the centuries, lost a substantial amount of land. But what about the people who lived in these lands and who were transferred from one power to another? Did they have anything to say about this? The population, especially in the countryside, just took it as it came. There are, of course, examples of when people didn't accept the change, like at the end of the 18th century, during the French Revolution, where it came to the so-called Kleppelkrisch, a peasant revolution against the French rule, as some like to call it. During the Belgian Revolution in 1830, 
Some Luxembourgers also wanted to become Belgian and didn't want to stay with the Dutch king. Fais in our interview also mentions the special status of Luxembourg city, especially in the 19th century. As we mentioned earlier, the country in 1815 through the Congress of Vienna became the property of the kings of the Netherlands. However, the city and the fortress went under the German bond, so we were under the Prussians in the fortress. It was a strange situation because the country was under a Dutch king, but the city and the fortress had a Prussian garrison, but also Dutch soldiers and a Luxembourgish population. So it was quite complex. Despite a few moments of revolt, people tended to just accept changes of this kind, says Weiss. In some villages, I think some people weren't aware of all these changes. How could they have? Many couldn't read or write. So they relied on people who shared the information. Looking even further into the past, when did Luxembourg first come into existence and where did it get its name from? Luxembourg's history is considered to begin in 963, when Count Siegfried acquired the strategic region and its Roman-era fortifications, known as Lusilinburg, or Little Castle. The name then changed to Lützelburg, Luxembourg, and sometimes Lützeburg. But why the name changed in the end, I'm not sure. It's also interesting to see how the names around the regions have changed over the years and on different maps. To blame for the constant change in rules until the London contract is the country's strategic position. We only got our neutrality with the second London contract in 1867. From then on, the fortress was also destroyed. This was the only way out because we were always in a strategic position and the important position on the borders meant we were always a match ball between the different countries. So everybody wanted us to be part of their territory, which led to a lot of conflicts. And the fortress was expanded a lot, especially during the 18th century. That's where we got the title of Gibraltar of the North, to show that we were one of the most important fortresses. To avoid these conflicts continuing, the fortress was destroyed to the point of being militarily unusable. The neutrality of the Grand Duchy was then breached in 1914, when German troops walked into the country. So Luxembourg, despite its long history, is a relatively young country in its current composition. Over the summer, if you haven't taken the first plane to leave the country, you can always visit some of the museums that document Luxembourg's evolution. Or, if you're more into scavenging and treasure hunting, you can look out for remnants of French, Dutch or German influences all over the place. As Simon Feist concludes, There are traces of the various countries that ruled this territory everywhere. If you have any questions you would like to ask, simply email listeners at ara.lu.